Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk. We're still here. We haven't been banned from anywhere. We're still on Spotify. We're still on iTunes. We're everywhere. (laughs) Knife Talk, the podcast for knife makers, anybody with an interest in knives, and just hobbyists, whatever you may be. Welcome to the show. We're here every Monday with myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and Momassi. <laughs> Sorry, Mareko Momassi of Momassi <laughs> Fire Arts. Every single Monday for you. How are you guys? It's been a week. It's good. I mean, you, you can't make this week up. You can't make it up. <laughs> Fucking first week of the... Jesus H. Christ. Remember saying in 2020, 2021 can only get better. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, oh, Christ. Uh, it is a fucking crazy, crazy, crazy six, five, seven days, whatever it is. Yep. Yep. Every time my phone like beeps with a notification from, I got like BBC News on my phone. Every time something comes up, I'm like, what the hell is the world is burning? What's going on? Madness. Madness. <sighs> hmm. What about personally? What have you been up, Jeff? What have you been up to this week? Well, my wife had an awesome, exciting birthday on Wednesday. <laughs> it was there's some fireworks, for, especially for her. Her birthday <laughs> is now down in the annals of history in terms of craziness. Um, I've just been honestly, I've been trying to just like pull out. I mean, pull out of like all my old stuff, and I actually the funny thing is is like I mean. Listen, we're guys, you know we're gonna have to talk about this at some point. We had there's a fucking insurrection in Washington, DC on Wednesday. And I hate to make jokes about it, but it was like, I mean, it was the here's here not the I say the funny thing, but it was it's hard to think it's funny. I actually had a uh I had a, a message from Food and Wine magazine, they wanted to do an article. And um so they they reached out, they said, We want to see you on two can we talk to you on Tuesday? And I say, Yeah, sure, let's talk on Tuesday, and then they sent me a message saying. Uh, you know, something came up. Can we talk to you on Wednesday? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Wednesday, Wednesday at three. Okay, great. Wednesday at three. So I'm getting ready to, to, it's my wife's birthday. 
having a good time, getting ready, got her some stuff made where we, you know, my, my kid and I got the house ready for her and, you know, look, birthday. So, uh, I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to do this interview at the shop and I turn the radio on a holy hell breaks loose. And then <laughs> they, the, the, in, the, uh, the rioters, the protesters turn into rioters and stormed the Capitol building right when I get on the interview with the, this person I was listening to five minutes beforehand. I'm like, holy shit, my phone rings. And hey, this that's, that's an alibi. That's a hell of an alibi. This is... I'm sure I saw you in the crowd with a Knife Talk 10 banner at one point. <laughs> yeah, this alibi yeah. doesn't stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just a lot of jokes to be made, you know. But, uh, ah. but uh, yeah, and then I'm on this phone call and my fucking phone keeps beeping and it's you craig lockwood saying why aren't they arresting these people i'm trying to have a conversation with the (laughs) senior editor of food and wine and then you're losing your mind like i'm like somehow i'm involved with the police department of washington dc and then on top of that a very high-ranked member of my family started calling me over and over and over again and because i didn't pick up that person thought something was wrong. So oh, <laughs> this is a, so I got these messages. I mean, literally, it was crazy. We're not picking up. We're worried about you. I'm like, I finally called them back. I'm like, look, we're in. We're five hours from Washington. We're fine. There's nobody. <laughs> trust me. There's nobody coming up here for us or anybody else. Uh, so, so what was the food and wine thing? What was that all about? I don't know. It was like I think it was. <laughs> to be honest with you, we were we were actually had to make jokes to her. And I was basically like, don't you have something better to talk about than this goddamn talk about high expensive knives? It was basically an article about, um, I'm assuming uh, it's about like what makes, you know, why, what makes a knife expensive and why, um, why should you pay a certain X amount of dollars for a knife? And then, so I was trying to explain what goes into knife making, custom knife making, and I was just making it very, uh, you know, teaching teaching the audience that you know this isn't just like grabbing a lawnmower blade and you know shoving a handle on it you know so it was it was great and she's she's uh this um senior editor has become a friend and and uh we had a lot of jokes and you know hopefully something comes out of it so blah blah blah. nice nice yeah morocco your week what's what's been going on um i mean (laughs) Uh, I actually, uh, when all that stuff was going on Wednesday, I didn't find out about it until like the evening, just because like when I'm at the shop, I'm in my my hole grinding away and listening to podcasts or audiobooks and stuff. And um, yeah, it was pretty nuts to see all this news. And it, I think it, I think it first popped up just somebody like had made a meme uh, that I saw on Instagram that said. Um, five days in cheers to 2022 and like people are already looking forward to like the next year yeah um so the i i mean my week was pretty standard work stuff um my kid got back to school on wednesday uh i think i've said this before he's at a waldorf school and so the classes are so small i think he's got like seven kids in his class and they do everything outside like everything um they even like have the kids like pee next to the trees outside it's Jeez. funny wow <laughs> yeah in um, this weather well i mean you know yeah you gotta go somewhere yeah uh i mean if it's terrible weather they do have an indoor they just do everything they can to um stay outside 
Yeah, uh, nice. But anyways, so uh, that was that's been nice for him. He's been super stoked. And then what was it yesterday? He and I, I Saturday is my my home day, so uh, he and I had an, a quote unquote adventure day, and so uh, and it started out like such a shit show. And it's just the age, you know. I think he just he gets something in his mind, and he's just locked into that idea. He wanted to just stay home and hang out in pajamas and play with his with some toys of some sort or he just got to actually he just got a new present from his from my sister um it was like this little crafty creative uh creation station thing uh that she sent like a bunch of like like beads and feathers and skull like little like resin skulls of dinosaur skulls and stickers mm-hmm. and all that shit for him to make stuff and and like animal print pipe cleaners <laughs> and stuff like that um and so he wanted to do that but i did not want to do that and so uh, I forced him to get out and we went to this awesome uh, bakery that's here in town called Left Bank Pace, uh, Bakery, which is supposed to be potentially one of the best French bakeries in the country, or at least on the West Coast. And we got picked up some uh, some snacks and then we went up to uh, there's this old like old school drive through um burger sh- like shack uh that's been around since i think the like the early 50s um and and they the guy that owns it now is a dinosaur enthusiast and um he had some health issues a few years back and so i think he's gonna kind of gone on the whole like you know you never know when you're gonna go kind of situation getting the most out of life and so he's just been buying up all these like jurassic park dinosaur models that are like 15 feet tall or you know like these big things and he lives right next and like he owns the property also and lives at the property right next to the burger shack and so he's turned his whole yard into this like dinosaur museum kind of thing and and so we went and walked around there we spent 20 minutes just walking around and looking at all the dinosaurs like four or five times over so he's a kook um, the guy yeah he's kind of kooky the the guy we talked he was actually there preparing for more dinosaurs that were going to be showing up on monday um and then uh yeah i mean the and we went down to the water and hung out down by the water and skipped some rocks and threw rocks in the water and then we headed home and had a good rest of the day um but it was just nice to get out and have some have some yeah, good time out, with the dude outdoor time yeah, yeah for sure yeah. Well, we um in our little forest here, we put up a we we've seen like lots of drop-ins of, you know, various animals. We know there's wild boar there and there's there's deer there and so on. So we put up a a trail cam last night just to see if we catch anything on on camera. So I, I went and retrieved it this morning, super excited and there was like a couple of times that it got flagged, which means it'll start recording so something's crossed its path. It was like great 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 and it was just a mouse. So yeah, day 1 <laughs> we just got a mouse, so I'm sure we're going to get more. Um but I mean, work-wise, this week it's been um, back to the the folding knife. Um, I've sorted out the the sort of mechanical design of it, how it's going to work, and you know the, the dimensions and everything like that. So now it's on about the sort of visual design. So I ordered a bunch of that um, fake um, ivory um, called Alpharin. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's super. It, I found it quite expensive, but it's the same guys that make Juma. You know the the, sure. the like, exotic sort of plastics, I suppose. Um, but this, this Alpharin, it, it really feels like like ivory, and I bought two different types so I could see which one I'd prefer and so on. Um, so yeah, so this afternoon I am a sort of CNC in the, the handle shapes out of this Alpharin. Um, so I think that's what I'm going to go with. But I mean, the ethical concerns I have with using synthetic ivory, I'm not quite sure whether I should. 
Um, so I need to give that a bit more thought, I think. Um, what you know, I know it's, it's not real ivory, I know, but it sort of glamorizes ivory, maybe. I'm not sure. Don't know. Don't know what to do with That's, that. That seems like a stretch. I mean, if it's fake, it's fake. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's like fur. People like fake fur. It's still sort of fake fur make... is controversial. I think so. It's still making it a thing, so. isn't it? I think if it's you say wearing, a... wearing fake fur, it's not like you're not like pulling the wool over someone's eyes. Get it, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. But... <laughs> so yeah, so I'm not quite sure, but um, the whole point is to recreate that very first knife I had as a kid, which which was ivory. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure whether to go with the Alpharon or not, but um, it's nice stuff. It's uh, worked out quite expensive though, hmm. you know, for for what is essentially a bit of plastic. Um, but how um, much was? Yeah, it? how much is it for you? Um, for a let's say it was like a chef's knife size handle, you're probably talking. In dollars, probably sixty, seventy dollars. Oh, that's a lot! Holy smokes! That's but a lot. you know what is? I said effectively plastic. Um, it yeah. it does have a grain to it, you know, as if it's real ivory and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, for this pocket knife, I'll be obviously, you know, I'll be oh, get, get quite a sure. quite a bit out of a bar. But um, it's so well, expensive because it's obviously made out of ground up children or something like that, right? Yeah, one thing to the other, right? Can you oh, imagine that would, be, that would it's be the best. It's a European uh, product, isn't it? Right. I, I know it you, is, can get, yeah. you can get a hold of it in the United States through various uh, outlets. And I've seen blocks for like around $15 a handle. Really? Block. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that, I think that's the, the Brit in France tax then yeah. maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. I buy seems to be super expensive at the moment. But uh, so, yeah, so that's what I've been doing, this, this, this folding knife. So I'm hoping to have a finished prototype maybe by this time next week. Um, and then I'll do like everything else that I do when I make a prototype knife. I'll just use it for some time, keep yeah. it in my pocket, use it for a few weeks, and then just see how it sort of holds up, um, and see if there's any little little niggles or changes that I'd like to make. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, the first what? folding knife I've made. Little what? Niggles. Little no, no, little no. things you'd want to change. I you think know? you should probably not worry about your fake <laughs> ivory and worry about words My like niggles. that. Yes, I think that that would be far more controversial than fake ivory. Thank you. Jesus. What, what, what is safe to say these days? Say eh? whatever, you say whatever you want. I'm here to help you. I'm here to ban help. me from my own platform. <laughs> I'm, I'm <gonna laughs> listen, if you don't want to listen to this podcast, there are plenty of other podcasts to listen to on the Make Me channel. <laughs> You know, speaking of which, funny enough, last week I had on uh, uh, Jesse Oweta, who's great. She's terrific. She's and brilliant. She's terrific. That's the fan. second time now, isn't it? Each time, yeah. She's oh, she's just great. Brilliant she's super great. And we were like, what should we talk about? I'm like, well, this is, this is this great story because there's nothing going on in the news. It's about <laughs> Alec Baldwin's. Alec Baldwin's wife, who's pretending she's from another country. <laughs> and it was this yeah. wonderful story that was like so super not political and had nothing to do with anything. And it was just like this total rag conversation. And then five minutes later, you know, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That is the weirdest story ever, that whole Alec Baldwin's wife thing. It's it's mental. <laughs> I tell you what, he is, I've said this before, he is a complete New York character i appreciate all the ups and downs of mm. alec baldwin i don't understand it but i appreciate it <laughs> because i mean like i mean it, he left a message i wish you could play the message he left for his daughter on a, a voicemail years ago it was fucking ridiculous and they she put it in the i mean it, it's you can't make this shit up but i mean obviously you know 
Ilaria Baldwin now is very happy that her story is off <laughs> is off the front page of the post. So yeah. Yeah. there we go. Did you hear about that, Mareko? No, I hadn't heard about that. You, you well, didn't. <laughs> give, give him the the brief synopsis of the it. Brief of it. synopsis is Alec Baldwin is now married to this woman named Ilaria. And he, for some reason, he goes on all these shows and he, when he brings up his wife, he brings up that she's Spanish. And I've heard, I thought she was Spanish. He was on Howard Stern. He's talking about his, my wife's Spanish, got hot blood and all that. Goes on Jimmy Fallon, the Spanish blood, Spanish blood. So she speaks with a Spanish accent. She speaks with a Spanish accent. She's, you know, she's even said stuff on like these shows, like, uh, you know, she's pointing to a cucumber and she says, uh, you know, how do you say that in English? Turns out she's from Boston. And she comes from this, you know, she spent a little time, she spent a little time in Spain. She likes Spain. And um, it's this. But she was schooled in the U.S. and everything. You know, she didn't I really mean, spend much time in Spain. You can't make this shit up. But the, the, the problem is, is the fact that, I mean, she does a podcast and she identifies as being Spanish and blah, fine. But it was such a, the great part about it, it's crazy because, I mean, he's gone on some of the biggest interviews of all time and made a point of the fact that his wife is from Spain. It's fucking nuts. It's, it's the whole thing is nuts, but he's nuts. I mean, he's, he's completely nuts and I yeah. love him. I I'll be honest with you. I love the ups and downs. I don't need someone to be pure. I need some, but I like the, I like to ride the Alec Baldwin waves and go to the tops of the waves and to the bottom of the waves. I love uh, it all. So it's crazy. It's a crazy story, but you know, God bless Washington, D.C. We're not talking about that anymore. Exactly. The news has changed. Uh, Shall we uh, go into some questions? This is the bit of the show where I like to identify it as somebody really, really stupid. <laughs> hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> uh, this first one is from Carter Mal Malmquist, I think it is, on Instagram. Hey, cuties, I've just finished up my first knife, but I ran into a problem that I was able to get around for the f for the time being. I don't have the money for a belt grinder yet, so I had a hard time thinning the edge out after heat treat. I used a worn-out file this time, and I'm wondering if there's a better way. Keep up the good work. Love the show, and thanks. Um, mm. So he doesn't have a belt grinder, um, and after heat treat, he wants to basically grind grind the knife out. Um, what tips would you have for him? I mean, do you guys have stuff? <laughs> I mean, it's the. I mean, everybody wants it all. You can't have it all. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I mean, to say. Well, I mean, we all know that it, you know it's quite an investment buying buying a belt grinder, and and we can help you out with that, which we we'll talk about a bit later. Um, but uh, Jeremy from Simple Little Life did a video just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, where he got one of those really inexpensive one by thirties, um, super super inexpensive, and I mean, he made a knife out of that, and that looked look great, you know, um. And I've seen lots of people using those one by thirties, making great, great stuff. So, if you know, the, I think the next step up from using files um, would probably be a really cheap one by thirty. And if you put in Knife Talk fifteen, you get nothing. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, you're going to see a massive difference the minute you go to a, a two by seventy two. Um, sure. It, just because. You know, that, that's what they're designed for, where these little ones really aren't designed for knife makers. Yeah. Um, if you don't have the tools, it just means a lot of sweat, I'm afraid. So, yeah, it does mean if you're using files, it's, there's, there's, there's no easy way. But there's know? also a balance between how far you go 
before heat treatment. Like you could probably go a lot farther than you think. I mean, I'm not talking about a culinary knife, but if you're yeah. just making something, you could probably go a lot farther than you think. And then maybe it won't be as much work after heat treatment. For Quite sure. Possibly. Yeah. 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 And using a sharp file. Well, I mean, you can even just get some cheap files from Harbor Freight that will do the job. Uh, I've actually draw filed a, a couple knives. Um, and it it's surprised like if you're it's, to me it sounds like he was doing the draw or like the filing after and i might be mistaken but it, whatever filing you're going to try to do to thin out the edge you want to do that before the heat treat for sure and mm -hmm. like jeff was saying like mm, you're probably not going to do this for a chef's knife but like a bushcraft knife or hunting knife or something like that some something a little hard more harder use kind of edc knife you could definitely draw file and then hand sand 220 and then heat treat it. And then basically after heat treat, you hand sand it again and sharpen it. Yeah. Like that's it. So yeah. just that's take a great it farther. point. And if you are running a, a one by 30, combat makes belts for one by 30. So Look get on you. it. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> the other thing is just to, to promote. Uh, Aaron Goff makes a video, Aaron Goff from the XYZ podcast, makes a, a video about uh, doing a knife with a, a file. And he's not doing a whole lot of uh, extra grinding after he heat treats. Right. I don't even think he does any grinding. I think he just say hands, like, just like Mareko said, I think he just hand sands it at the end and then puts an edge on. Yeah, a little known fact about, about Aaron. He's got a tattoo across his chest that says hand filing for life. That's <laughs> right not what it says. I think it's something <laughs> different. Oh, P.S. If you want awkward, go on Craig's podcast. He's going to ask you an awkward question in the beginning, and then you have to sit through the whole podcast <laughs> for the whole time. If you're going to ask an awkward question, do me a favor, ask at the end. <laughs> Poor Aaron had to sit through that motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, that's on the XYZ podcast or XYZ. Um, if yeah, if you've got any interest in CNC and at all, that's another podcast on the on the Makery Network at Makery.network. Who wants to take the next one? Um, next, I'll take it. This one's from Bob Bryan. He says, "Hey guys, I've re uh, I've received just what? Oh, I recently, recently. Sorry, I can't read. I recently <laughs> just started using stainless, and so far, it's noticeably." Uh, a noticeably larger pain in the ass to hand sand. 440C, ABL, CPM 154 are the three that I've been testing out. I all, uh, It also has a noticeable effect on my electric bill running my even heat at the higher temperature required. I've decided to just charge a supplemental price for stainless. Uh, is this a normal practice or am I uh, being a cheap fuck uh, who just needs to suck it up and figure out how to make ends meet? Thanks, Bob. Mm. Um, I think if it's taking you more time, you should maybe charge more for that knife. It's it's part of your labor. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never noticed. I mean, I don't go through my electricity bill and sort of work out which which, which heat treat that was for. Um, but I, I can't imagine there being that much of a difference. Uh, maybe you guys on 110, it, it may be a difference. But certainly on, on you know, European voltages over here, it... Um, it, it gets up to temps even, you know, for stainless pretty, pretty quick. When I was using my 110 at home, my bills went up. Right. Um, mm. When I got a 220 even heat, my bills did not go up. It just, it went much faster. Ah. So, 
And also, if you're if you were like me, when I first had my even heat, my first one with the 110, I had like a a hundred foot extension cord going from the house. <laughs> that was heating uh, up oh the whole god. show. Oh my god! You could have cuddled up to that cord. It was so warm. You warm your fucking self up. Holy <laughs> shit! Uh, shit was getting. Fun. I was like, man, I don't think this is right. Maybe I should get a shorter. I was like, yeah, I really keep my eye on this one. Oh, dude, I, I, I was got cold. I wrapped the cord around my neck like a scarf. It was great. Are you serious? You're serious? No, of course not. I just put a fucking electric cord around my neck. Are you crazy? I mean, you're not hanging from it, so. I mean, you might be desperate. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you guys manage with one ten. I mean, is it normal for people then to have have like a european style as well 110 is kind of the the house like standard for houses unless the only outlets are like the washer dryer hookup or the oven that are usually 220 240 whatever yeah but they're not Uh, usually 50 amps yeah like a welder a welder or you know yeah it's gonna be yeah you know the amperage will be higher yeah but um i mean when it comes to that stuff i mean it's good that he's thinking about this because based on where he's at, I mean, if you're really trying, cause it sounds like he's trying to actually run, do this as a business. You got to think about that stuff and, it, uh, and break it all the way down. And sometimes even all the way down to the electrical cost, if you can actually track that, uh, and build that into the price. Cause that is all, all of that stuff goes into the manufacturer of your product. That might've um, been a, uh, uh, domestic partner might have said, "Why are these electric bills so high?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had that one. We, my wife and I, first moved to our apartment. We we had it. We got uh, left a, a air conditioner. It was our first apartment. We kept that motherfucker running for the first month. <laughs> for the first month, <laughs> then it was just like, "You turn that motherfucker on. I'm gonna cut the goddamn cord off. Don't put her that goddamn thing on." Uh, but um, Bob, anyway, um. Please watch your language. That that the language you used in that question to us is disgusting, and mm-hmm. our listeners deserve better. <laughs> Don't get out of here. What <laughs> that, that was a cue for you, then, Jeff. That for was what? a cue. It was our anniversary of me being poor languaged, insulted, or something like that. I don't know. Yes, I got the... that, well, yes, that picture you sent earlier. Yeah, I you know this is not nothing special. It was it was uh. I was chastised for my language years ago on this podcast. And you <laughs> marked it in your calendar. So every year it comes up to haunt it, you. I happen to I happen to have responded back saying I'll talk to Jeff. Jeff. This is from Jeff. This is Jeff answering. You're right. And uh it just happened to come up this morning that it was the anniversary of us being ch- me being chastised for my language and it might affect our sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Which it clearly hasn't. So, yeah, good, good, yeah. Uh, good segue there, Craig. <laughs> yeah, you waited, way to make it awkward. Yeah. Wait, that's your move. Way to make it awkward in the beginning. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was. Uh, who's taking the next one? Whoo! This one comes from Nick Kruger. Hey, fellas, can I ask you a question? Is it possible to add hamon, a hamon after temper, by using a torch to soften the spine? <sighs> Morocco, this this got. I would have thought mm. not, but Morocco, what do you think? Um, I I wouldn't really. What you can achieve is, uh, because what you'll be doing if you fully harden the blade and then go back with the torch, you will be changing the crystals crystalline structure, um, especially depending on how hot you get it. 
Um, and it will etch differently. But an active, interesting hormone will you get? I don't think so. Uh, so I would just try to do it on the way down when you're cooling down the blade. Kind of standard we method. It's a lot easier and a lot less likely to screw up the heat treat because uh, if you're heating up those thicker kind of cross section of the blade, it's easy for that heat to travel down to the cutting edge, especially if you're trying to create something active and interesting looking. If you so. were to keep the blade part in the water while you were heating up the spine, would that would that make it a little on the safer side? Not that I suggested. I mean, yeah, it would definitely be on the safer side. I would not call that a hamon though. Uh, that would okay. be a, a differential hardening line because mm -hmm. that that would be more accurately describing what's happening there. You've ah, heated up the yes. blade to to soften it, so you have a difference of hardness between the heated area and the cutting edge. But hamon, I don't think so. Why don't you re yeah, you remind our listeners what a hamon actually is? Uh, a hamon is. Uh, so it comes from Japanese tradition in the way that they would water quench their knives or in their swords. And essentially what they would do is they would uh, insulate a portion of the blade with clay. And as you are, uh, and then you would bring the whole blade up to heat treating temperature. And then as you would quench it, a portion of the blade was either exposed or be behind a thinner layer of clay. Um, and then the thicker clay uh, would insulate the blade and so the exposed stuff or the thinner layer would cool down quickly while the other stuff was holding heat longer and wouldn't harden properly basically but what that would do is that would give a single piece of steel hard edge with a tough or soft spine area or by i guess body of the blade and and they would paint on these clay hamones in a way that would create these very active and interesting um activity these lines because you can see a defined line between the hard area and the soft area because as the steel is heating and cooling um different crystal structures are and grain structures are, are grown and created and um if it's not cooled within the proper amount of time coming down from hardening temperatures it will create perlite instead of martensite uh, which is what we want for a hard cutting edge perlite will won't do shit for us uh but in a hamon it looks nice um and so i don't know did i answer that yeah i think you did a great perfectly job. yeah <laughs> see, see craig that's how you do a non-awkward segue okay just, just look, i mean you've been at this for a while so i figured maybe you should know this is the correct i'm way still to... rusty it's still it's still beginning yeah. of the year yeah. still rusty yeah <laughs> Okay, Roger's Custom Knives says, here's a question I've never heard. Um, I am looking at doing my first canister Damascus, and I've got a ton of 1095 and 1084 scraps from cutting out knife profiles. Is there such a thing as powdered 15N20? I'd like to recycle the scraps I have and use them, or is a better solution to cut up some of the 15N20 that I have and add it to the can, then fill with powdered 1084? Is there another powder steel that would act the same as 15N20? Um, <laughs> I'm going to play the dumb card and say I have a clue what you're talking about here. Um, Mareko, what do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, there actually is powdered uh, high-carbon powder steel that actually... So it has nickel mixed in, but it's not part of the actual uh, powdered alloy. So maybe you would have like 1080 or 1084 or something like that powder. Um, it would be nickel powder mixed in with that. 
Um, if I, I don't know if that really works out though to create kind of like that 15 and 20 effect. Um, but a lot of people use it and it's sold uh, at a few places online. Um, but there, there are, it's possible to make 15 and 20 powder either by yourself or possibly source it. It's just really hard to get a hold of and a steel, uh, yeah, steel alloy that has the nickel in the composition of the metal already, um, which I think would be the most ideal situation. But how would you make the powder yourself? I, you could just get it basically chipped up. I think that's how they're doing it is they're grinding it down somehow that isn't like using uh without using like a a sand abrasive of some sort or ceramic abrasive because obviously that would get mixed in and that would taint it so you got to cut the material with something else that isn't gonna in impart any kind of impurities i guess to it and yeah if you like like a carbide die grinder would cut it you know without (sighs) That's a doing a bunch day at the office. Oh yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That would be terrible. That is you not imagine. the job. <laughs> How would you even capture? It'd be like going everywhere. Um, you I would do it definitely... inside of a uh, sandblasting cabinet. Oh, this is all <laughs> too much work for this. I would highly suggest getting the Forge series from uh, Jason Knight, our friend Jason Knight. Um, the second series is the second uh, season. I guess it would be is. Uh, our friend Steve Schwarzer, and he does, it's all about canister Damascus and he's great. And it's definitely worth it. If you're looking into canister Damascus. And the last thing I would say is do not, I repeat, do I mean, you can, it's not going to work. Don't go to New Jersey steel Baron and put in knife talk, anything because they're not going to give you, it doesn't work. I've been getting that a lot. Like what's the promo code for the New Jersey steel Baron. It's nothing. There is no promo code. (laughs) They are our friends. I am a fan uh the brunos are the best i love pete there's no fucking promo code so that just don't just start with them but i would definitely get a hold of them if you're looking for the powder to see if they maybe they can help you out cool cool yeah good i think that's really good advice though steve schwarzer is the granddaddy of powdered uh pattern using powder steels and pattern making so he goes through the whole thing he shows you the there's the little things like leaving a vent hole for the gas to escape there's the how he how he um does the uh i'm not going to tell you but he has a different way of coating the canister without Mm -hmm. what you normally think and it's very very he's it's an excellent uh it's the little tiny tips and tricks to make it better so get the forge series from jason knight i think it's jason knight studios i don't know if there's a promo code or not but keep your eyes open because every so often he does do it at a incredibly good break he did a one break before i i I got them all i got all 50 dollars for the first season wasn't well i mean a specific he gives you a specific window a window of opportunity and when he gives you that window you take it yeah Yeah. jason knight does a fucking great job so I'm this week about to start my work on, well, it's not the first Damascus knife, but the first in, in, in years anyway. I, I actually did one years ago, which, um, yeah, it didn't work out too well, to be honest with you. Um, and it was all my fault. But um, I've, I've, got, <laughs> I've got some Dharma core here, and I know you guys have as well, um, which is um, uh, from um, Dharma Steel. Um, so for those who don't know, Dharma Steel is like a stainless steel um, Damascus. 
Um, and I've got some of the Dharma core, which is the one with the with the core in it. So almost like a, like, I suppose it's a sort of San Mai kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not quite sure what to do with it yet. But um, if you're listening and you you want to get your hands on some Dharma steel, um, you can register on the site. Um, you need to register as a as a potential customer. And if you use Knife Talk Ten, you'll get ten percent off. Um, which can be a huge saving because this stuff is is quality, quality, quality stuff. Um, you know, it's show grade stuff. So if you're into that, make sure you use Knife Talk Ten and you can get ten percent off your order with uh, with Dharma Steel. And I'm excited. Con- to- congratulations to Eddie Jits, Edward R. Knives, for winning uh, a Chef Knife of the Year for Dharma Steel. Really? Yeah, they voted. Nice. And, you know, here's the thing: they were there was some there was a lot of voting with. I guess they do a Knife of the Month or something. And yeah. we got a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are like, hey, would you mind just plugging mine so we could vote? And I would have – and Eddie, Eddie's the greatest. Eddie, Eddie Jits rules. And he won. We did have a number of people I who were also competing. So I, I, I took the high road and said, I can't, I can't tell people who to vote for. But congratulations to uh, Eddie for uh, knife, Chef Knife of the Year from Damasteel. I didn't even know nice. that was happening. I don't think they do a very. I mean, it didn't really. I didn't really. Yeah, they do a knife. They do a knife of the month every month as well on Instagram. They show you know various makers, um, and some of the stuff there's you know beautiful, obviously because it's you know high end materials they're using too. But um, yeah, knife talk ten, and you get ten percent off Dharma steel anyway. Quentin Middleton just made a banger out of Damas. He does use Damas steel a lot. I think so does Greg Sims. A lot of guys use Damas steel. It's it's high high level guys use high level steel, so that's the stuff to use. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm scared to use mine because I don't want to fuck it up. Uh, but, um, me too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Who's taking the next? This one is from Rogers Custom Knives. He says, uh, "Oh wait, shit, that was the one we just did." All right, Sean Porter. <laughs> Sorry. Question for Craig. I'm debating starting a podcast and was wondering what your expectations are to be hosted on a new on the Makery Network. Sorry. Ah, um, quite possibly. It obviously depends what the content is. And, you know, we try very hard to make sure the quality is good. So, you know, make a little sort of almost like a demo tape, you know, and just send me over a little file um, and I can see what it's all about. That's and not good enough. Possibly. That's not good enough. No? No, it's not good enough. You got to really. That, that what... Here's, I'm going to say, because I get this a lot. You've got to be consistent. Podcasts yeah. have got to be consistent. And you've got to, <clears throat> you can't take time off. You can't take time off because, I, you know, I was talking to Alex Steele about it. He can't take time off his videos because if he does, then they forget. So hmm. do a nice job. Come up with something good. Do a few. Have a plan. Make a game plan. And then uh, give them hell. Good audio, too. Yeah. Good audio is very important. Definitely. It's take it's taken us years to get, you know, the audio that we have now. Um and there's still you know, I nearly said the word niggles again then. There's still little things that you know. <laughs> We're, gonna like to We're gonna get banned. We're gonna get banned. Oh jeez. You may <laughs> Right, okay. I I'll we'll try. Um it's just a very common word. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this to awkward. try and be funny either. You're trying to be awkward. Move on. Stop being this is awkward. This is you're awkward. making this is a third time you made things awkward <laughs> in this podcast. This is an outrage. But anyway, yeah, there's still things that I'd like to tweak um, audio-wise. But, yeah, it's, it's really important that you put – it takes effort. People think you just sit in front of a mic um, and, you know, you record for an hour and a half once a week. Um, it's not It's not that. There, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, both regards to preparation for it 
um, and the actual recording itself. You know, you need a quiet space. You need to you know, give it some thought, give it some time. But yeah, send me a message and and yeah, let's have a chat. Let's have a chat. I got a message from uh, a, a good podcaster who's interested in getting into getting into. I think you're going to get a message from a from Toby. Toby Knife and Steel is interested in the Bakery Network. He does, really? He does a good job. He does a good job. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a good job. Toby does a good job. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Okay. Good dude. Okay. Jacob Snyder asks, hey, Mike, can I ask you a question? Thoughts on putting scotch Bright belts in the washing machine? Um, seems like it might work. Discuss. Um, scotch Bright belts in the washing machine? I mean, I, I have been known to put my buffing wheels in the washing machine. Um, I put them in an old pillowcase, stick them in the washing machine, and they come out as good as new. That's weird. Uh, possibly, possibly. Um, but Scotch Bright belts. I always thought, and I think I was told this in the past, that a Scotch Bright belt would just wear itself down. It would never sort of lose the the grit that it has. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. They right. seem to go hard and brittle over time. You know, mm. so. Sure. I'm not sure putting them in the washing machine would, would really work too well. And maybe the seam may come undone. And yeah, I, I can imagine not going well. And if you're using like WD-40, that's a cl- clutch trick. WD-40 in the Scotch-Brite belt. Don't put it in the washing mm. machine. You make everything slippery and smell terrible. Or take it to the laundromat. Right. I mean, it, yeah. you know, I don't, <laughs> yeah, don't do it at home. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, oh my God. I once, I once had, I was once using some sort of, I don't know what it was. It was like a different type of WD-40. I think it was called something Blast. I'm not 100% sure it was. PB Blast. That shit smells terrible. That shit smells really bad. And I got it on my shirt, and I was doing laundry, and I fucked up the laundry for a couple of cycles. It was bad. It was bad. Don't (laughs) put the fucking... Combat sells the the Scotch-Brite belts very inexpensively. It's like... They do. Like around 20 bucks a belt, which is cheap, considering how much you get out of it. Yeah, and they've got all four grits as well. So the, the was it the brown, burgundy, uh, blue, gray? I think that's the order they come in. Um, yeah, they've got them all, and you can get a discount. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! There we go. So no need to fuck up your washing machine. Um, just get your 15% off and get some new belts. Don't do it. Because I think once they're dirty, uh, you're never going to get them back as new belts anyway. There's, there's little point in trying. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've got another. I tell you, sh- shall we change things up a little bit? Rather than just blast through questions and, and all the rest of it, let's do something we haven't done for a long time. We got beef. Our own beefs. So last week we did our all beef review, which has become an annual tradition now. It was out the third time in a row of going through your beefs. Um, but I'm just wondering whether you guys have got any beefs from this week. Um, so you have a think, and I'll tell you about mine. And my beef this week is my wife. Oh, no. Um, actually, she doesn't listen anymore, so, so I'm, I'm good with this. But I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned in passing a few weeks ago that I, I was considering buying a motorbike. And uh, I, I think it's, I'm at that age. I'm just like an old fart now, and I like, I like the idea of nothing, nothing crazy, but just like, an, like a cruiser, something quite classic, and just you know, going through the countryside. I think it could be quite You're cool. And else. she's – Go yeah, ahead. I know. I'm a, I'm a dick. I know. I know. I didn't say she's that. Like, 
But she's like, you'll kill yourself. You'll kill yourself. And I'm like, I will kill myself. I'm fine. If you're going to ride a bike, it's, this is probably the safest place in the world because there's nobody around. Yeah. There's literally nothing around. No one can help you when uh, you crash. You're yeah. You and the cows. But, but this is what my wife has been doing. She's been going on my on my laptop, going on YouTube, and searching for motorcycle accidents. Oh, my and God. Like, and all that kind of thing. So now, as soon as I open YouTube, I'm just fed. You know, the algorithm has just given me... <laughs> Do not ride motorbikes. Do not ride motorbikes. Awesome. These people were killed riding a motorbike. And I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm just fed up of it. So my wife, that's my beef this week. Let's take trolling to a whole nother level. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> From within your own household. You know, there is there is a bit of a history to it, though. So when oh, you started it, met, didn't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> when when we first met, um, we were living in, 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 in like the city center I was. And I had this, like, this apartment thing. And I, and I had a little scooter. Because in the city centre, people have scooters, and <laughs> and uh, I was meeting. Uh, she was my girlfriend at my wife now was my girlfriend at the time, and her parents for dinner somewhere, and um, I went on the scooter. Um, I pulled into the car park at exactly the same time as them, so uh, you know I'd ne- I I don't think I'd met her parents at this point anyway, but they just had a new car as well, and um, so they pulled into the car park. I pulled into the car park. I was absolutely minding thinking about something. <laughs> Oh no! And I slammed into the back of her car. <laughs> <laughs> their first memory of me, their first memory of me, is looking in the wing mirror and seeing me rolling around on the floor. <laughs> their car. Oh, so, so yeah, there's a bit of a history of me and two wheelers, but uh, that is got, awesome. Uh, so anyway, my wife is the beef because yeah, oh. she's bombarding me by by beating the algorithm and bombarding me with these messages mm-hmm. of Craig. Do not buy a motorbike. You're going to kill yourself. So That's way worse be. than me driving into the shop and crashing into a network <laughs> tape. <laughs> I, was, I was a lot younger. Um, I hadn't had the scooter for long. Uh, yeah. You're looking like Tintin <laughs> riding around through the whales. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus. That's the best. God damn. They, they remind me of that every time we see them I'm as well. Sure. Really. Can you imagine yeah. if you get another motorcycle, what they're going to tell you? Oh my God. <laughs> Do you guys have a. We got B. What have you got, Marek? What's been grinding your gears this week? I, I honestly I can't really think of much other than just people making the obvious. Bad. Yeah, the obvious. <laughs> you know, fucking yeah. people making bad decisions. <sighs> so stupid. All right, yeah, I got yeah. nothing. though. I got nothing right now. At least people making bad decisions. Bleep. We got beef. Well, back to cars. The the truck. I got the Jeep back, and on the outside, they did a great job. A couple of weeks, um, a couple months ago, I was driving in to be on this podcast for you people and i crashed the jeep into a work table i didn't crash i slowly pushed in a lot of the truck a lot of the front of the jeep into (laughs) itself so i inverted i inverted part of the car it got back and the guy gave me the, the i couldn't believe how nice of a job they did i got in the car i drove it around and then i was i looked down and I noticed something had been chewing my floor mat of the Jeep. 
they must have had a fucking squirrel in there or a rat. Oh. There wasn't. I didn't find rat droppings, but there was some some hungry animal was chewing on my my foot floor, my my driver's side floor uh, mat. Oh. And I just made the ex- I made the point that I was not going to go back and make a big thing about it, but it irritated the shit out of me. So you can borrow my trail cam and stick it up in your truck. And well, um, I was waiting. <laughs> what was. I was waiting for. I was. I, I, they must have like stored the the jeep with the doors open because I was waiting to sniff around for some you know starved animal in my car nothing mm. so you know it was just and there were like little paw prints on the on the hood of the car so <laughs> these i mean he can't make this up and then he sent me a letter saying i hope you enjoyed the, your the service which i ripped up i said they did a good job on the outside but on the inside they i don't know they let out their gerbils into the goddamn whatever the shop gerbils or something into the shop into the big jeep chewing on my car bad customer service i mean you can't make Terrible. you can't make it up that's his... Do you know who gives great customer service? Go ahead. Like great customer service. And this, this is linked to one of the questions we had earlier about um, grinders, um, Broadback Ironwork. Probably the best 2x72 out there at the moment. Totally versatile. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a long platen on it, a really long work rest. It pivots to be used, horizontal, vertical. Loads of attachments, and as Mareko said last week, it's you know it's it's I think it's one and a half inch um, arms, so you can you can make your own tool arms as well and stuff like that. You can, it really really flexible, really good value for money, and we can get it cheaper for you too. If you use Knife Talk, ten I believe. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Get, that's all. Vince would let go. You get you get well you get ten percent off, which is which is still incredible. So ten percent off, broadbackironwork.com. And I will say a shout out to Kempf, K-E-M-P-F, Forge, Kemp Forge, did a hilarious video reviewing uh, his Broadbeck uh, 2x72 grinder. He basically did the review with the with his respirator on, so you can't really hear what he says, which is really funny, but he's, he's clearly happy. So uh, <laughs> Ryan asked me to give him a shout out, so Kemp Forge did a great video. I think they have it on the Broadbeck Ironworks, Broadbeck yeah. underscore Ironworks on Instagram. Go I give him a follow. I did see that this morning. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Really is, is, that's a local Mako here. He's about 40 minutes from where I live in Shelton. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then he can come visit you in your shop, right? Yeah. We've hung out before. Oh, there you go. Kempf, nice, good job. There we go. Okay, let's let's take a couple more questions then. Um, I think we just got some beefs left over from we, last week. We have as well, lo- so we, we have a lot of left. We can sprinkle leftover beefs from from the all beef review. We got a pile of them, so we can sprinkle those in to the end. Okay, okay. The next question then is from Foins Way Forge, um, and he says, um, "Do you grind distill tapers before or after grinding the bevel?" He says, "By the way, thanks for sharing so much info about knife making on the podcast." Um, so he's talking about distill tapers. For those who don't know, if you look at a a knife, normally sort of culinary knives, you'll see um, if you look from the spine down, you'll see that there's uh, there's an angle that, to the point. It sort of well, it tapers down to the point. So it's not just the taper down to the cutting edge. There's also a taper down to the point. Um, so he's asking, yeah, do you do those after um, heat treat? I'm good. So I grind my tapers the same time as I'm grinding the bevel. Sorry, yeah, he's not asking about heat treat, is he? He's asking, do you grind distal tapers before or after grinding the bevel? 
Hmm. I'm not quite sure what he means there. Well, when does he take in, when does he put the, the distal taper in is what he's saying. But surely at the same time, as you're grinding your main bevels, you're also grinding in the, in the distal taper. I've done, um, I've grinded in the bevels and then stopped and remarked the spine to grind the distal tapers in and then feathered all together. I've done that in the past. Right. Okay. Um, well, I suppose that's our answers then. I, I do at the same time as grinding the bevels. Um, Mareko, do you have a, a certain way of doing that? No, my, they go in. I mean, usually, actually, I've, I forge it in initially and i heat treat the blades as forged and then i just kind of follow those same lines as i'm grinding so i'm grinding the bevel and the taper yeah at the same time hmm. if i yeah if I, i'd never considered another way to be honest with you so so how, how do you do yours jeff explain the sort of marking well, out the distal taper and then it depends because if i'm doing now i've gotten to the point with over the past few years if i'm doing stainless steel i heat treat uh a full thickness because i don't want to mm. i want to make sure that when i'm plate quenching i'm keeping everything as straight as possible when i'm doing carbon steel and i'm oil quenching i'll i'll put in the distal taper i have in the past to try to figure out a way to make it more mechanical i've ground down my bevels and then i'll mark down on the spine where the distal taper should be and then i'll actually cut in from the spine and then I'll feather it all together, but I don't really do that anymore. I just kind of like make it happen. I just do it all together mm -hmm. at the same time. If I'm doing, um, if I'm doing, uh, yeah, if I'm doing either one of them, but uh, I don't really get, I've, I've, I've become, I've become a lot less wanting to be mechanical. I, I, I like a little bit of humanity. So I, I'm sometimes I'm not as, I'm not as, uh, I don't know. I'm not as a machinist as I should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about this in the past with distal tapers. Um, if you look at if you, if you if you put the the knife on the side, so you're looking at the cheek of the knife. Um, if you look where the point is, the lower the point on the design, the easier it is really to for that distal taper to be quite natural. Right. But if you've got if you've got a really high point, um, you then need to put more work right. in to make a distal taper. So yeah, if I mean, if you're having problems, maybe. Um, you know, look at your design and maybe moving that tip down would help. And some knives don't necessarily need a distal taper. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Sure. But that's exactly, that's a great point. That's when I, my K tips, I don't have to put in as much distal taper because the tips are the points lower on the center line of the knife. And I end up getting a natural distal taper in general. Yeah. Just from your main battle. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's yeah. an excellent point. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tradition knives says, while there is no all round best steel, they're a preferable steel for many types of knives. And he asked, could you give some ideas for stock removal, either culinary knives, camp knives, or general pocket knives? I mean, there's hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of different types of steel. And um, we've, we've had um, knife steel nerds on the show in the past explaining, you know, the benefits of certain steels, that kind of thing. Um, but most of us stick to, you know, a small handful of, of steels. Um, I mean, I mean, you guys, what, what are you using for your, well, for your Damascus, first of all, Morocco? I'm using 1080 and 15 and 20. Uh, so it's kind of a standard high carbon steel combination to make the Damascus from that you can get great heat treating results from and great performance out of. So it's pretty, hmm. it's kind of tried and true uh, combination there. 
I, I'm yeah. just to plug Jason Knight's Forge series again. The first season, he makes a very, very good point. Get a room, Jeff. Jeez. Stop making it awkward. Stop. <laughs> you're making it awkward. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I'm kidding. I'm joking. He said it. in the first season, he says, find one steel and just use that steel and figure out what you like about it, figure out what you don't like about it, and just kind of get real comfortable with the heat treatment, everything. He's a big fan of finding one steel and sticking with it. And I actually not, I didn't listen to him. I mean, it just happened to be, I found myself really having a very good uh, experience with uh, 440C stainless. I, I just, the heat treatment turns out great. I, I feel like I, I mean, that I really stick with it because I get my best results with that. And there's not a lot of fooling around. Um, and then in regards to, I used to only use uh, 1084, but now I really, really like 52100. 52100 yeah. uh, carbon steel is like, for me, it's like a total dream. It's just great. Yeah. So all of my carbon knives are 52100. Um, and for stainless, I'll use either 12C27, um, which is which has become a bit of a standard, particularly for, I mean, you talk about pocket knives there. Um, most pocket knives uh, produced here in France um, are 12C27 or uh, 14C28N, and they're both sand fixed steels. Um, so those are the only stainless I use, and yeah, 52100 for any for any carbon, which is becoming less and less really of what I'm doing, using more and more stainless. Next question comes from Mikey Billy K three. Hey, when you guys talk about a hammer in, first of all, is it spelled hammer in or is it spelled hammering in? Hammer in. Is it spelled hammering with a space or hammering without a space? Second, does that term basically uh, mean get together with makers and forge together? Thirdly, any uh, knowledge on Canadian hammerins? Much love from Ontario. Thanks for the time killer. I don't know. I mean, this is, there's no like, I mean, the, the hammering thing for me has always been friends of mine getting together and then we end up inviting more people and more people. I think the idea is for a lot of them is to create a community, especially if it's local. I know the guys down in Philly, the Philly area, Steve and Jesse and uh, Killian and, and all those guys get together and, and uh, they do like kind of like a, a thing. And I know that when COVID's, you know, squared away, I know that we're going to go down to uh, sunsets and we get together. And I don't think that there's like a standard. I mean, there are places that do hammer-ins, but I don't know if there's like, um, you'd have to talk to like, uh, you know, get involved with a banner or get involved with uh, ABS. And, and the other thing is, is it's really good. I mean, ultimately the best thing to do is it's just trying to find like-minded people and then figure something, invite them over and figure something out. Sure. Hmm. I've most commonly seen hammer and spell or uh, the phrase as two separate words with the space in between hammer and in. Uh, and yeah, I agree. It's it's at the most basic form. It's just about getting together with other people to hang out and and forge some stuff together right. uh, all the way up to very formal like they do at the New England School of Metalwork where they're actually offering demonstrations and classes or whatever um, along with the forging and stuff. So um yeah they they range from all over the place and i think the biggest thing i mean ontario is not far from new york and it isn't know, isn't it i don't wow. feel like we i can't I remember we drove up so. we drove to ontario from connecticut and only really? took us a few hours to get up there 
I feel hmm. like. Is Ontario close to Montreal? Our Canadian listeners are so mad. You know, we want, <laughs> there's, you know, the maddest our Canadian listeners were. We did a quiz, and I had a question about Rush in the in the quiz. Oh, and yeah. Both of you are like, who the fuck is Rush? Oh, no, my I God. I know who Rush is. I didn't know the fucking lyrics. I don't know. Whatever it was, boy, the fucking Canada went berserk. They were not happy at all. <laughs> not as they oh, my God. Straight to the Heart was the song. I don't remember. Yeah, for something like that. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. You have a very good memory for those little details. I th- I'm pretty sure Ontario is only about an hour and a half, maybe two hours from um, Niagara. Hmm. So well, there you go. So it's not that far from the states. If you can, I mean, depending after COVID stuff's happening, I think people are doing hammerins down the states at least somewhat frequently, or you can connect with somebody down there who's got. We can get some stuff together. Who knows? Don't connect with me. Go hang out with Jeff. No, go don't, hang out with Jeff. Actually, you know what? If, when Jimmy Duresta, hopefully Jimmy Duresta is doing his thing next year at the Maker Camp, um, that would probably be a great opportunity. There you go. Right? There we go. There we go. If you are going to any hammer-ins, you're going to want some really cool stuff to show off. And you can get that from TexasFarriersSupply.com. They've got lots of stuff for uh, knife makers, uh, whether you're forging or whether you're into stock removal, whatever it is. They've got a whole section there for um, people who make knives. So head on over to TexasFarriersSupply.com. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off. Um, but I use it specifically for um, a Rhino wet sandpaper made by Indasa. It's the best sandpaper out there. It saves me time. And if it saves me time, it saves me money. And I can get 10% off by buying that at texasfiresupply.com and using that knife talk 10 there we go you're very good at squeezing these ads in we've got a lot to squeeze in lately right. so yeah I'm, I'm always trying to think how can i connect these in some way shall we do a few uh beefs that we had last week so these are our listener beefs right. beef. Got beef. This is beef runoff yeah, I like this first one uh, from J- Jonathan Bigelow, who's uh, Juice Bigelow's brother. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I got beef. Uh, the pressure of, of being outgoing during Christmas. Like if I play one more game with my relatives, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, I, I think maybe a lot of us who do what we do are probably quite insular and not very outgoing because we probably spend a lot of time on our own. Listening to podcasts. Um, and listening to podcasts, yeah, I'm the same. I hate, I need time to be alone and being around too many people is just the worst thing for me. But uh, yeah, I feel your pain, uh, Juice. We're, we're definitely getting, my family and I, we're definitely getting worse. We're definitely getting more, <laughs> as I say, COVID orthodox. We're shunning people. And <laughs> we've become like, cut off. Oh, yeah. We're like total zealots. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to go see anybody. Can you imagine living through this time without the internet and any sort of outside connection at all? You know, when when you know when people had the plague and stuff, and people other pandemics, they didn't have you know Netflix and everything else that we've got. Can you imagine how bored and how lonely you'd be? Jeez, we're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so lucky to be living in these crazy times. All right. The next beef comes from Baltic Blades. Uh, You've a hundred times heard it, but people who ask questions without doing any research, what is this silver plate shit? 
Am I Google or what? People who are just way too used to getting everything for free without putting their, putting their skin into the game. Mm. We've gotten that. We've all gotten it. I think, miraculously, you probably get it the most. Hey, man, show me how you do that again. Right, sure. Or yeah, make know. a video, especially for oh, me to show that me. One's yeah. the, actually, I have to. I said that a, a beef a while ago. Somebody said, somebody wrote, you have to show a video of how do you do this. And then I bitched about it on Knife Talk. And the guy wrote me this very apologetic email. And I said, listen, I don't remember. You, I, we're just fucking around here. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. I'm 100% with you. I completely understand. And it was like not just one person. But there's definitely a sense of, and then there's a lot of, hey, can you introduce me to this person? I get a lot of that. Mm. I get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you put in a good word for me? No, dude. I don't want to. I feel bad now because because I sent you a message saying exactly that thing <laughs> just a week or so ago, and it worked. And it worked uh, out, didn't it? It worked out. We've got a guest on the XYZ podcast. Let's next talk week, about right? it. Give a big, big plug. Let's plug this big the first interview on the XYZ podcast. It is the first interview. So um, Bray Pettis, um, who um, he founded MakerBot back probably 10, 15 years ago. And MakerBot with the with a company that brought sort of 3D printers into people's houses. Before that, they were big industrial machines that cost thousands and thousands of pounds. But anyway, he, he made uh, the MakerBot 3D printer. And if you do any sort of 3D printing, you probably use Thingiverse, which is the software where you can download uh, models and things like that. And that was made by... Uh, MakerBot, uh, but he now makes this really cool uh, desktop uh, router, the CNC thing. So yeah, so we've got him on the show um, next week on the XYZ podcast. So make sure you subscribe at makery.network. For you, I would do it. But I mean, sometimes they get people who are like, you know, they're looking for they're looking for, you know, can you, do you think you could tell Mareko that I need him to do this for me? I'm like, please stop him blocking me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> duh. yeah. There's been a lot of, do you think you could talk to him about maybe unblocking me? I'm like, I can't do that. That's too much. You're asking too much. He obviously did something that was worth it. In. Come on, man. I can't do that. Dude. I leave him alone. I don't ask him for much. I don't want to ask him for much. I can't, I can't spend all my good fortune on, you know, asking him to unblock, you know, people who are not nice. To, <laughs> wasteful. It's a wasteful of my favor. I don't want to keep my favors when they're worth it. So. Miracle's one strike and out policy. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's one strike. To be honest with you, it sounds to me like you like the, you do the napalm of blocking sometimes. Yeah, we uh, what is it? We get tagged in stuff all the time, and especially when people tag me for contests, and I have I've like these are people I've never met before in my entire life. Sure, they follow me, great, thank you, but I'm like, what the fuck is it? It's so it's. Like it, it triggers me in that like that spammy <laughs> spamminess. I just there are a few this week where I'm just like, okay, no, back off, cool off. They're just trying to get some free shit. Okay, cool. Don't get pissed off. And I didn't block them, so you'll be proud to hear. I'm, well, I'm I know why because you, you were trying to get that pizza oven, and you were you were you were you were tagging all of us. <laughs> The fucking hey, pizza oven. Run comes around. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why you would probably have a change of heart. Did you ever get that pizza oven? They give anything to you? Yeah, actually, I did. They did. They oh. they they got. They sent you the free, free I, pizza oven. No. no. Oh, oh come on, man. Go that, with it. You should get them as a sponsor. That would be great. 
I mean, you know, the pizza. he's still trying for this pizza. You should go for it. Come on, man. Go, I'll help. I mean, don't tag me, but I'll help you. Come on. I'm surprised hey, you, you haven't like blocked uh, Damascus Dave yet. I mean, he tags us all the time. Oh, I don't have. I like Dave. All right. Well, all right. there you go, Dave. We like Dave. He's a big fan of tagging people. I wish you'd gotten a pizza oven. I mean, that would have been good. I mean, a good end to the story, yeah. <laughs> I, I at least add a comment that's meaningful to you guys. Like I'm yeah. sharing, like I would have shared it with you anyways. Basically, I tag people <laughs> that I would have shared stuff with anyways. This would look great in the back of your house. Yeah, exactly. With your new patio and your fire yeah. pit, yeah. you know, you're yeah. getting it set up back there. That's so. That's the move, everybody. If you're gonna tag Mareko, give him a nice comment. This would be <laughs> great by your by Craig's motor scooter. <laughs> his smashed up motor scooter that's what you need to do guys remember if you're going to tag us you have to write something funny and clever otherwise it's block city exactly make me laugh please alright this next one's from Tom McLean he says uh, you send out a great and photogenic knife and when the new owner gets it they take a shitty uh, picture uh, and to help quote unquote spread the word and then they post it all over the social media and the knife looks all jacked up with a weird profile and a shitty looking finish on the picture, uh, in the picture. When it, when in reality, it's a great and beautifully finished knife. Fuck. Tom McLean <laughs> handpick, the handpick king of Cal, uh, Canada. Canada. You got them broken fingers uh, that makes it, you know, he, he's, I tell you what, I was actually, when I had uh, Nick Angers, just everybody remember, it's not Nick Anger. Angers. Nick Anger. He says Nick. An I called him. So, I got his voicemail message, and he said Anger knives. So I, I, whatever he says, we were. I was going to do a whole bit with him because he's the king. He's the king of the handpick. I mean, he he's the as far as I'm concerned. There are different styles of handpicks, and I wanted to kind of like break them all down with him, but he didn't want. He we didn't go that way. There's there's the one where your hand is outstretched. Which is like what uh, uh, Tom does. He's got his you know, a couple of broken fingers, and they look like one of them bow-legged women. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you got the knife, outstretched bow-legged fingers, and then you have the one where what 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 Nick does, which is like I, I kind of see like the 1980s Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, where she's kind of like sitting on the beach and kind of like keeping their legs together and kind of slimming down, making that big fat hand look a little slimmer. There are all these different ones I've noticed that certain people do. And, and, uh, that's all I got. Handpicked. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is always frustrating when, uh, you know, it's a really bad picture to one of your knives, but it's, it's difficult to photograph a knife. Well, you know, it is difficult. So it, unfortunately it's going to happen. Yeah. What can you do? Aubrey Hummer says, my beef is with people throwing garbage out their window while driving down the road, specifically oh, in front of my house. Most of the time it's chip bags and bottles, but sometimes it's something even worse. Two weeks ago, someone threw out a cigarette out the window and it rolled into my yard and I have a big burn spot in my grass for everyone to see. Keep your garbage in your garbage car until you get to the garbage house and throw it out in your own garbage. Yeah, that's one thing that really grates me as well. Seeing, yeah, people just throwing litter is the worst. Sure. The worst is seeing them Coney Island whitefish all over the street. 
What the hell? So are we doing what? Coney Island whitefish? You know what a Coney, Coney, Coney Island whitefish is? No. It's school a, me. Rule, it's a, it's a uh, used rubber. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Coney Island whitefish. A Coney Island whitefish. <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> around the back of dirty old lanes and stuff with alleyways. That's what my dad's, when I was a kid, my dad said, I said, Dad, what's that? He goes, oh, that's a Coney Island whitefish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Actually, when I walk my uh, dogs, I... I think we'd be talking about that today. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what they're called. But uh, <clears throat> when I when I walk the dogs, actually, because people have so many ring doorbells, <laughs> you're, you're losing it. <laughs> when I when I walk the dogs, people have so so many people I know have uh, the ring doorbell that I'm afraid to use their garbage to put the garbage the to put the uh, like if their garbage is close to the front yard. I'm afraid to, uh, to open up there. I don't want to yeah. get. I don't want to get on the ring video doorbell. That's the big thing now. I don't want. I don't want people to see me use their garbage. Yeah. Carry that shit the yeah. whole way. Yeah, that's the worst. If you've got a dog and you pick up their dog shit and you're walking around the street with a bag of steam and shit in your hand, <laughs> it's not <laughs> nice. It's not nice. Not don't nice. you tie it back yeah. to the leash? Do you guys not do that no. technique? Have you seen Those that? people are fucking bananas. If you if you're <laughs> gonna have a dangling fucking bag of hot shit hanging from your leash, that's <laughs> ridiculous. And what, what better than the fucking assholes who just leave it, throw it out on the fucking sidewalk? They they're, they're, they take those the are... time to bag it up and then put it on the sidewalk or whatever the side of the road. Like there's somebody walking around picking up dog shit, like Jeff in the middle of Manhattan. I. I, I, number one, my dogs will never go to Manhattan. Number two, I always pick up after my dogs. My dogs are too crazy to go to Manhattan. I always pick up. But the worst is if you have a bag and then they start running around, you don't want that bag to kind of like, you know, hit you. So I don't want it tied to my leash. I want it. I want to, I know where the garbage cans are and I give the dogs special treats if they go to the bathroom right by a garbage can. Ah, train them nice okay another beef from i think it's nick corzine um my beef is with people who have nothing nice to say but feel they have to say something didn't your mother tell you if you have nothing nice to say then say nothing at all yeah damn he's never been on the internet before (laughs) yeah (laughs) never looked at youtube comments oh yeah you know what i learned about youtube comments which i never knew this before you probably did uh jesse told me that um engagement is like almost like currency so if someone says something shitty to you and then you kind of like get them to say a couple more things back even if it's shitty you get like i mean it's a degree of currency yeah i mean you you hear a lot in youtube videos when people say so tell me what do you think about so and so leave a message down in the comments because basically what that is doing that's sort of bulking them up in the in the algorithm and making them put in front of more eyes so yeah. if you like somebody yeah. says you suck, oh thanks, you know, so do you, and then they come. No, I don't suck, you suck, and the next thing you know, it's yeah. like it's all good. That's it's crazy. All good. That is fucking crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, hilarious. Oh yeah. Well, what's crazy right. is that the fact that people taking stopping to take two seconds is the currency in our modern age. Uh, mm. I mean, you yeah. can't make but, it but up. The- 
taking the time out of your day to put somebody down who you don't even know. That is just ridiculous, isn't it? But I don't know some people get a little buzz from that, I assume. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Super weird. Mm. Um, who else? Oh, we got Mark Burchette. Hey, fellas. My beef is that my work is three hours away from my family, and I can only get to see my wife and kids on the weekends. That also translates to me only getting to work in the sh- in the shop for a couple of hours a week. Here's to finding new solutions in the new year. Cheers and uh, all the best to you and yours. <sighs> three three hours away to get into work, and obviously three hours back. That's a full working day traveling. That's a fucking yeah. wow, this? I I used to Jeez. do an hour, and that was about max. That's a it's a uh. long time. Long three hours, a long time. Six hours, a long time. Especially, especially listening to us in the car as well. Can you imagine? Uh, people, I get messages. People saying, "Thank God you're on." I got something to listen to. P.S. Mm. Let's hear it for the Makery Channel. The Makery Network has great podcasts, and I listen to exclusively the Make Makery podcasts. I listen to Housework Brian House. I love I love his podcast. I listen to. Uh, He's got the voice. He's got the voice. For he, and radio. Gonna, he and I are going to do something soon. He, I mean, he, he is gonna, probably going to come on the full blast podcast. I got to, I got to interact with that voice. He and I talk on the phone. Yeah. He's got the voice for radio for sure. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's super good, good dude. And then, uh, obviously, handmade podcast. I always have a good time listening to those guys. And then uh, I listen to XYZ. I, I find myself uh, listening to primarily the guys on the the Makery. So nice. Nice, thank you. You do a great job. Thank you. Okay, Racer Rex, um, still fucking junk mail. How is it allowed? I get a monthly brick of junk that just goes straight into the bin. The recycling one, sure, but maddening. And he says, wishing everyone well. You're the best. Thanks for the show. More. Yeah. How is that allowed? It's crazy. Just sticking shit through your letterbox. It's <laughs> wrong. Shout out wrong. to uh, Eric over Racer Rex every year for the all beef review he says junk mail so this is like the third he's consistent <laughs> he's consist completely consistent he's the best yeah and point to make with that actually a lot of it is coated stuff so it's not actually for recycling it needs just to go in the bin which is yeah the worst yeah anybody who's sending stuff they, what benefit can it be do you do you ever get like junk mail open it up and go oh oh actually that's a good time to pull these guys up it sounds like a good deal Never, never. When, when I was a kid, I used to like it. Once in a while, we would get before Christmas, we'd get the Caldor uh, newsletter, and it would show all the different GI Joes that were coming out for Christmas. I used to like that. Hmm. But you know, that was a different time, wasn't it? That was when everything was black and white. Yeah, that was yeah. many a moon yeah, ago, Jeffrey. That's when I was driving my scooter in the the sides of cars, <laughs> <laughs> slipping on a Coney Island whitefish. Uh, I tell you what, let's let's finish off with Jeff. You can do the last beefs, and they're there from your buddy uh, Owner Kaglar. Dies in every film. Oh, you can't! If you don't love Owner Kaglar, I don't know what you're doing in your life. I'm gonna find it though. Uh, Oh yeah, he's he's the best. I mean, I tell you what, he's the best. He's like, I got too many beefs to narrow down to three. Number one, people messaging, trying to get free stuff by saying they can show it to their followers or a group admin uh, so they can post in the group, like it, and make it more important in some way. I had a guy message me last week saying how he travels around the world and can get pictures of my work all over. 
which me which would be good advertising for me he says uh he even posted the, his links in one of his on his personal facebook the other was on instagram and most of the comments there were from from his mom and sister so i sent him <laughs> i sent him pricing and he didn't reply making knives for free and promises doesn't pay my bills or feed my kids the second beef is people who moan about all the tools i have like i didn't earn it it's me uh uh to me, it's that they lack ambition and drive to try to work and get some the same stuff. They shoot others down. The third beef is unsolicited advice. People trying to give you advice you didn't ask for, and when you tell them, tell them this, they get all bitter. Like you should listen to them and thank you for the advice uh, you didn't ask for anyway. And most of the time, it's wrong. Legitimate beefs, each of them. He's a good dude. He's funny. He's mm. funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, but that that one, that second one, uh, people moan about the tools that that you have, and you see that a lot. Again, talking about sort of YouTube and YouTube comments, people say, "Well, that's easy to make if you've got you know whatever tool that is." And it's like, well, well, but the thing is, they have got that tool, and if it's making their life easier, they are going to use it. Like it's it's a weird put down when people say it's weird. I have a real problem with that one because generally speaking, I'm now coming to the conclusion that um you know we say everybody can do this i don't think everybody can do this i think that there's a certain mindset that won't allow people the success that they want and i think when they start to say if i had that tool i could do that they're incorrect i think that it's completely um num number one it's very uh you know it's obviously you're you're taking a shot at someone but it's it's mm -hmm. not clearly true i i know blacksmith friends of mine who uh who some of them just don't have the motivation to do what they want to do and they'll see something and they'll say something like i could have done that like i remember going to see a, a sculptor by the name of uh, richard sarah who's very famous for you know giant blocks of steel you know some of them are rolled some of them aren't rolled you know it gets to the point where you can look at some of them you're just like well i could have just taken a big you know 900 pound piece of steel and just stuck on the ground i could have done that but you didn't, but you, but didn't. you didn't. And yeah. I think that a lot of people have this idea that just because you see it and maybe you can do it, then that's as good as you already doing it. Yeah. I think some people think we should all be on a level playing field. Right. And if they think somebody isn't, they think it's easier to tear them down rather than raise themselves up, you know? And it's just it's perfect, Very perfect sad. experience. Perfect example is Alex Steele. When I talk to Alec, I mean, he's got plenty of stuff. But he's got the motivation to use it all and do it. I mean, he's motivated. Yeah. And, and I, I get the feeling that there are a lot of people who aren't motivated. And the other thing is, is you do with what you have. So like, like the guy who makes, he was making his knives with the files, that guy's going to be more motivated. And then at some point he's going to be able to, you know, level up. But yeah. I do, I do hate it when people say, well, if I had that tool, I could have done that too. I don't think you could. I don't think the, anybody who can do it would never respond that way yeah no i agree yeah completely fucking people <laughs> I said it again. I love that. okay new year new resolutions new promises um where we go in this time for this time next week Morocco, what what are you working on this week uh, I actually got a couple knives going right now, and so my goal is just to kind of get those out the door, basically. Nothing too crazy. And, um, yeah, that's that's basically it. 
Sorry. Nice. Nothing too fancy. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, I'll do mine. And Jeff, if you can think mm-hmm. of one for your for, for this week. Um, so I'm working on a a video for this week. So um, for the next batch of knives that I'll be launching, which are um, chef knives, which are going to be called raw, and they're going to the whole idea is um, it's just straight off the belt, um, made as so economically as possible, I suppose, so I can pass that saving on. Um, but I've, I've really got into lately when I release a new batch of knives of making like a, a video for them to sort of launch them. And and this is the most, this is the biggest one to date. It's uh, it's quite a production going on. So yeah, it's it's lots of fun um, recording a video for uh for this for this new knife. So I'm hoping to finish the video this week. Um, I don't think it'll be released for a few weeks because I need to get a bunch of knives made. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be cool. Jeffrey. I just uh. My first knife of the new year is a knife for for the house, and I've been fooling around with uh, crazy colors and asymmetricality and pro- uh, processes I haven't done before, and I can't wait to finish it because it looks bananas, and I want, I'm starting to enjoy things looking a little bit more bananas. When you say crazy colors and asymmetrical, do you mean you're using all the scraps in the shop? There's a lot of scraps. I use a lot of scraps, but, but not like, I mean. I see you. I but it see wasn't you. like, it wasn't just like gluing all the scraps together. However, I, you know, but it was, it's, you know, lots of different color contrasts and, and, and shapes. Yeah. And it was based on the color preferences my wife has. She really is, she likes high color contrasting with black and white chevrons and i'm really happy with with this and and also kind of fading back into kind of more sculptural stuff that makes me more uh, interested so and setting me apart too so it's definitely i'm looking forward to doing more uh stuff that's makes me happy so yeah that's it nice nice that's a oh, show. Speaking um, of which, oh, how did those fucking oysters turn out? Oh, so good. So good. Actually, we went yesterday to try and buy more oysters, and we couldn't get any because we were going to do some last night too. Um, the best. The best. So, yeah, as, as mentioned last week, we normally just have them raw, um, but this was just a different way of doing them, and um, they were great. I stunk to high heaven afterwards. <laughs> with, there's so much garlic butter on there, and and the, and the cheese and so on. They were they were awesome. They were awesome. Very much like like snails, right? Um, right. Because it's all about the sauce, I suppose. The the garlic butter. Um. But yeah, beautiful and really fresh. When they, you know, the thing is with, with anything with you know a big buttery sauce can quite often feel like a really heavy, you know. But um, with the oyster being so light and so refreshing going yeah. down, it was perfect really really good so they're going to be a new tradition i think in the house yeah. uh, over christmas over christmas definitely yeah it's a damn good that's a da- the drag drago style oysters is a, it's a total banger mm. yeah definitely what we did uh, but it was over a year ago now i think our cookery challenges are we going to bring them back to i think? owe you don't i i'm the champion don't i owe i i at some point we're gonna have to do it again aren't i the great i'm the reigning champion that's champion I mean, I, 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 I don't mean to come across like like the biggest idiot in the world, but I think that vote was rigged, and I think I demand a recount. The fuck out of here! <laughs> the fuck out of here! You have a think about what we should be cooking for next week, then, and you can set us a challenge, and we'll go from there. Can we? Can we give? 
can we not do it for next week? Can we do it for? Can we? I announce it for the next week. Oh, you need practice. I don't need practice. Okay. I got things to do. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, you want me to? Fu- I'm joking. Uh, whenever, whenever you're comfortable. Just Jeff. give me not. We. I will announce it next week. Okay. Keep it simple. Yeah, I'll keep, keep it simple. simple. Maybe our listeners can join in too. That's it. Great. I will announce it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, when it comes to me, I'm going to do pizza again because we need to, we need to get Morocco to have one of these pizza ovens. So if we <laughs> if we can get them to sponsor, <laughs> we'll do a wood fired pizza week again. <laughs> I did pizza last night. It's great. Nice, nice. I, I I haven't lit mine for so long, and yeah, I I, I need pizza in my life again. Mm-hmm. I'm still on the the Christmas uh, train at the right. moment of just eating anything that's in front of me. Um, I. <laughs> Desperately need to be losing weight and eating healthier. Stay so. away from those whitefish. <laughs> and on that bombshell, that's a show. <laughs> we shall see you again next week. Bye for now. <laughs> if you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.